0: To the shutdown forecast, uh, kind of, kind of a big moment for us because it's basically the last game we get to talk about for eight months, seven months, something like that. I'm not ca- what. Am, what am I going to count? No, I'm not going to count. Um,
3: under twelve months, I think.
0: I approach this in terms of moons. How many moons do we have between now and our next college football? Listen,
2: let's just start the countdown clock. Days until. Michigan-Notre Dame. Just start it now. That's the only thing that Matt. Listen, we're going to talk about the national championship game, and people have feelings about it. But me, my heart has moved fully on to Michigan-Notre Dame because one fan base is going to be so mad. Oh, so mad.
0: I like that you've already moved. You're, you're, already, you're already on that. That's magnificent.
2: Yeah, I'm like a traveling salesman of
3: hating. So, like the Georgia loss will sustain you, and then your your uh, life meter will be on on e. <laughs> You'll be running on hate fumes. Yeah.
0: And right then, one of those teams loses.
3: Yeah,
2: and then I'm good to go, man. I feel great.
0: That's good. I can actually. I what I do is I pickle certain losses, and I let them. I let them sustain me through the season. For instance, I'm not really. I can't support feeling too. Great one way or the other about Georgia losing because um because they they were awesome.
2: I have never the, felt farther from you. I have never felt no, no, I'm not different you're, from you.
0: No. You're you're completely detached from reality. And and that's weird because they usually that's me, right? But now no, we've we've we're freaky Fridaying this. You've Switch roles with me. You, they were great. I. Uh,
2: here's the thing. You're right, and I'm using that to my advantage, okay? It's painful that Georgia had a championship in its fucking grasp and couldn't close the deal. It's painful that Georgia got bailed out by Alabama kickers doing kicker shit, and they still couldn't do it. It's painful that the longest down in distance Alabama had in the whole goddamn game was the touchdown pass that won them the national title. <laughs> and I love that shit. I, you're absolutely right. Georgia looked great, played great, had a fantastic game plan for most of the game. We can talk about that a little bit. Mostly didn't make mistakes, definitely didn't look intimidated, scared, overwhelmed, any of that shit. Good for Georgia. Georgia's probably gonna win a national title yeah, in the next few years. But you know what? They didn't fucking do it yesterday. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um as a as a neutral observer, as the only neutral observer on this recording, I thought yeah. both teams played
0: hard. Yeah, no, like like really. Like I, I was I was left with nothing but cliches at the end of that game. Both teams played hard. Thought everybody tried. Didn't think anybody really lost that game. There's a lot of hurt. I like that the, the coach's room was great about that, right? Especially when Papanastas missed the game-winning field goal. Oh, man. They were like, that young man's going to need counseling. He's going to need a lot of love. He's going to need a lot of hand-holding. Life, life's going to get real brutal and rough for him. It's going to be
3: bad. I like that Coach Cut was in the building because it feels like you know he really gets the gets the mindset that that young man needs a needs a shoulder
2: yeah if you're a ba- if you're a bama kicker you're basically one of the nameless employees and die hard where it's like well even if you made it out alive ah you saw some shit in there you're affected forever and did you save things no no you did not no you did not you're never john mcclain
0: man Cutcliffe, there were two things in that coach's room that like reduced me to stitches last night one was was cut one was Cutcliffe being the guy who's seen someone die before in every situation, right? Like, that was what Cutcliffe was. When the kicker missed that, he's like, yeah, we've lost plenty of good young men into that. We're going to have to, you know, like, we'll do what we can for him. But you got to understand, he might never he might never recover. He's so. like country, country
2: house. He's like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, that's a rare disorder. Oh, he's long <laughs> gone. <laughs>
0: I It's also, country lupus. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he'd seen that before. You could tell that somewhere haunted behind his eyes when that second and 26 happened and Tua dropped back for the pass, he, he called for it to be a, a turnover, right? Because he's like, I've seen so much bad happen. I've seen so much evil in this world, and I know that this young man's just trying to make something happen, but I'm telling you, it's going to be a turnover. And when it happened, he was agog. But do you know who... Whose reaction did not change once? His expression did not crack. He betrayed no evidence of surprise in an offense prevailing at the last minute, one on one against the defense. Mike Gundy, Stone. <laughs> well, why wouldn't it?
2: <laughs> I. He may have had painted on eyeballs. He may have been asleep at that point.
0: That's fine. He could be asleep. He, he, it looked gangster as hell. Because yeah, when it happened, I don't, I don't get out of bed for games with fewer than sixty combined points. <laughs> i think he looked at it and goes well that's a good start way to go guys
2: i mean he he coaches an air raid team and the mascot has guns like he's definitely yeah if you lived in the old west and you saw if let me put it this way spencer if you were at Publix and you saw two guys get into a fight and then they like squared up and drew on each other and one shot the other you'd be that fuck you up right Mike Gundy lives in the Old West. He sees this shit all the time. This doesn't mean anything to him.
0: Which publics? Okay, fair. Fair. Location matters here, right?
3: I like that um, Mike Gundy. So the last time he was involved with the national title game was 2011 when it was going to be LSU-Bama, and he was publicly making his case on national TV after blowing out the Sooners, and he was basically saying, if you let us in, the game won't suck. And now here he is stuck watching two SEC teams in a title game again. So you can forgive him for uh, not being too overjoyed with like the scoreless first quarter and Bama not scoring until the third quarter and all that. But yeah, it was, But the game did not suck. It did not suck. It just took a while to get, you know, get rolling as far as points go for people who need numbers to know that the game is good.
0: That and uh, that and this that. I enjoyed that for once. Uh, the players mattered a lot because the coaches were kind of at a loss, right? <laughs> That's after that first half. Uh, Georgia didn't really know, didn't really know what to do with the lead, so they kind of just, I don't, yeah, what, what, what the hell do we do with this? And Bama, they didn't really know how to sort of come back, so it was like, okay, Tua, <laughs> get, get out there and make something happen. Let's, let's see what you got. And Georgia, I don't know. Jake Fromm, you've come this far. Let's let's see what you got. Let's see how you do. And it was magnificent. I I love it when all of a sudden players like matter way more than you know the coaches because then they start making outrageous plays. Deron Payne, Deron Payne last night was a one man jailbreak.
2: He was he was like a police battering vehicle.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, he was he, he 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 was he was a officer swatter. Payne. Officer Payne. Lieutenant Payne, not Major. That's too too obvious. Too obvious. He's a lieutenant. Also, th- and
2: also, that's copyright infringement.
0: Yes. No. Definitely. Um. But the Waynes will come after us for that. The other thing that I was absolutely flummoxed by in terms of Deron Payne is this: that we know his name. Like how the, Bama's D line is so deep, and it has been so deep for years that you just sort of tend to go, "Oh yeah," like you know, Bama D lineman, six like, standard profile, right, six. T- four, six, three, about three twenty, right. Vertical leap of nine feet once, right. Uh, squat, you know, like, like power clean of everything and capable of running a four, six, four, seven, right. That's over 10 yards averaged. Yeah. That's your standard guy. How good do you have to be that we know your name but the, is, is,
2: don't we usually know i feel like every year there's one d lineman on bama that yeah there's always know.
3: one standout
2: they, they're the they're the ghostbuster villain uh, like bama's got a lot of ghosts and they all fuck you they're up.
3: the every, every year bama's d line has like the final boss and all the others are his like equally scary minions <laughs> yeah all
2: right <laughs> uh, uh guys we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna throw two blockers at Zul. i don't think it's gonna work but we're gonna try it <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't. You know, it, they usually do have one. I feel like Payne has a an exaggerated profile this year, right? Probably equaled only by um, massive genius from last year. Um, God, what was his name? Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen. Yeah, like that's that's sick that Jonathan Allen can happen one year and Deron Payne happens the next, right? Like I, I talked to Chris Vernon about this. That that if you had a Jonathan Allen or a Deron Payne. Like, Ryan, if we had him at Florida, yeah, they'd be like a generational player, right, if we had one of those guys. Maybe maybe I'm just averaging him higher because I know that Deron Payne last night, when three or four people were on top of a ball carrier, Deron Payne thought it was entirely necessary and good to do a flying, springing leap onto the pile. Like oh, he yeah, was. he did the stinger splash. He <laughs> did. He he dropped he dropped a load on him, brother, and dared him to get off the mat.
3: Yeah, and he's he's bigger than Sting to say the least. That's yeah. that's not a sting. That's a that's a full um, a, a, a disemboweling, garroting,
0: a flop, a, a lacer,
3: pull- a, 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 that's a quartering. It's a quartering. Quartering. That's good. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like a full pulverization of whatever was underneath him. Right. It was. It was the Mario like butt stomp, mm-hmm. <laughs> with a way bigger Mario, <laughs> like a
3: Wario butt stomp. I thought Bama's defense. It one number that really jumps out is the twelve tackles for loss, and they were coming from all over. You had linebackers, DBs, everyone. That is like an insanely uh, aggressive game. And I looked up that is its second most of any Bama defense of the Nick Saban era, uh, Top by only like a 2011 blowout against Ole Miss, where they had more than 12 tackles for loss. That's, that's an incredible number to have against you know like uh, an offense and an offensive line as talented as George's.
0: They were just in Georgia's backfield all day long,
2: frequently we- against frequently against Nick Chubb.
0: But yeah, like one of the big surprises for me this year has been watching Sony Michelle be the vicious physical runner right like that that wasn't really sort of what i had on him coming in and he just got meaner as time went on
2: yeah i mean over over the course of the season sony michelle averaged like a good yard and a yard almost two yards more than nick chubb and nick chubb had a fine year but last night nick chubb was not a meaningful threat for a lot of this game which was weird um I will say, I do think Georgia did one thing a little frustrating based on the first half compared to the second half. This is what they did on first down in the first half. They threw the ball 11 times and they ran the ball 8 times. And that like really stood out especially to start the game where I don't know, it felt like we got what like nine plays in and Georgia had not run the ball at all even it though was, they
3: It was seven straight passes with head coaches of like multiple other teams tweeting like please start running. Right, right. And and
2: granted these eleven first down passes were not all successful. There are incompletions in there. There are completions for a loss. So like, but but it had the, this weird effect of sort of saying you you can't sort of assume that you know what's going to happen. In the second half, that ratio changes to three passes on first down to nine runs, and that's where it just sort of kind like Jake Fromm played great. And everybody and – in the second half especially, it was like, oh, completed this th- third and 16, third and eight, third and 12. He keeps completing these. But that is not a great way to live. That is paycheck to paycheck offense. And eventually, yeah, you're going to have two bills come due at the same time. Sorry.
3: Yeah, and you did. You did. There yeah. The, uh, the, the refs were taking out a little, a little bit of a, <laughs> a couple extra tolls on uh, – a couple extra fees out of george's paycheck it seemed sure consider <laughs>
2: consider the refs like your cable company where like, oh well there's a there's a surcharge for the oh yeah well we'll be there uh we'll give you a call between the hours of four and eight and we'll give Bama five calls during that time
0: <laughs> i mean was officiating a real beef in your mind when you watched y- this yeah yes yeah. yeah yes yeah big time
3: I mean, it's the game's only flaw, in my opinion. It's like, I think we could call this game like an all-time absolute classic if... I mean, there were four standout bad calls, and every single one was against Georgia, and all of them were really costly. One of them would have set up a field goal for sure. Um, one was on the tying touchdown at the at the very end of the game. Like, I think overall play-to-play, play, Bama played a better game, but if it had been called down
0: the middle, Georgia would have won. You know, I did have a thought, like, which is unusual, but I did have a thought about this game, which was, was the best thing that happened to Alabama, Jalen Hurts missing an open TD on that first drive? God.
2: In I don't, I, I will subtly disagree with that. No, I don't think that was the best thing that happened because,
0: to Alabama. <laughs> because, did, was he going to get any after that? I don't know. That doesn't start right. Like, the ga- the game doesn't work out the same way if, if Tua doesn't come in in the third quarter, correct? And does he come in if Jalen hits that?
2: It's 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 a good question. I mean, the, the flip side of that is that that Bama drive specifically was so impressive to watch. If you just like sort of shut down everything else you watched in the first half and you just look at that drive that started at the Bama 36 and if it had ended in a touchdown, this is what we would have seen – the the game opens with Georgia going three plays 3 yards throwing a pick, Bama going almost 70 yards down the field for a touchdown. I think it's it's hard to say that like the whole tenor of the game doesn't change based on that. Tua coming in absolutely saved their asses, but I don't know that it, like it needed to happen exactly in the way that it did.
3: Yeah, maybe you could make that call with with some points on the board. Sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's a very it's it's an admittedly completely irresponsible hypothetical, but I did think that last night that like how different is the game and do we get the kind of boring strangulation that I thought we might get if Jalen Hurts is even sort of competent in that first half and they have like a lead or a tide.
2: Maybe. I mean, part of it was also that the Bama defense just didn't play that great. In the first half, they they had the interception to start the game and they forced a punt on the drive after that, but after that Georgia gets drives of 14, 13, 6 and 9 plays. The 9 there is a touchdown drive that starts at the Georgia 31 with less than a minute 20 to play. Like they did, they did, that defense didn't look great in the first half and I don't think that Tua being out there would have changed that dramatically I mean maybe Bama's staying on the field a little longer and maybe they're having some field position adva- but like these drives these are drives starting inside the Georgia 25 it's not like Georgia in the first half was getting this awesome field position and taking advantage of it.
0: Can we talk about the most important thing in the game?
2: Is it the interception interception combo?
0: Oh it's Rodrigo <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Thank you, Holly. <laughs> Mom's here.
1: None shall know the hour. <laughs>
3: be on be on high alert at all times.
2: <laughs> Weird. How did you know what I have tattooed on my leg?
0: <laughs> Who do you think put it there in your sleep? <laughs> oh,
2: creamy his flesh. <laughs> no, like literally, uh, it is made of cream.
0: It is. It's like he's like a fine brulee the The most important thing in the game is Rodrigo Blankenship because I want I want everybody to know that Rodrigo Blankenship is what's like one of the things that's great about college football, right? Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, like kicker with rec specs, uh, kind of looks like I don't know um, if somebody had cut a little piece off of like um, like like Rivers Cuomo and planted him in the soil of Sprayberry High School, right? Which is mostly dip juice, if we're going to be honest, right? It's just like soil and dip juice, and no, then no, I, I resent this. You resent A <laughs> 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 hey, little, little too close to the bone, eh? That's no, Lassiter, no. damn it. That's Lassiter High School, not straight. yeah.
3: That's those those country some bitches at Lassiter. <laughs>
0: that's that's right, because they're vastly different. <laughs> um, they were colonized by an entirely different type of. Suburban Atlanta. Night. Anyway, the the speaking of, colonialism. speaking of colonialism, the Rodrigo Blankenship could have been the hero in this game because Rodrigo Blankenship did like the gutsiest kick I've seen in recent memory, which is hitting a fifty-one yarder to keep overtime alive and get something on the board for Georgia after Jake Fromm took a huge sack on their first possession of overtime, and there was like no doubt. Like, it was almost like, you know, in the coach's room the other night, like, Oklahoma's kicker walked up and everybody went like, Ah!" like, Rodrigo walked up total opposite. Like, no, man, he's nailing this from 60. There's no doubt he's hitting this. And he's so close to being a hero. And then Tua Tugovailoa just comes out and buries Rodrigo in the history books. I want everybody to know that I see you, potential hero, Rodrigo. You're right there.
2: Meanwhile, if you're Bama's kicker, they're showing you on the <laughs> sidelines with like your teammates writing you notes like, hey, we'll love you no matter what. Don't worry. Hey, you know, I think you're I think you're real. You were really helpful in our macroeconomics class. Thank you for that. You have value in many ways. Yeah, Don't I forget.
1: Well, for Adam Griffith, the last time this happened, the time before
0: that, when this happened, I mean, last night, last night, like, lest we forget, right? Bama lost a national, like, Bama lost the chance to win a national title on a kick. Twice? Yeah, and they just got to go, they they got to go in overtime. Like, how good is this program and how lucky have they been? Like, they're real, 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 real good, right? But they also occasionally get real lucky that they blew a title winning kick last night and it did not come back to bite them in the ass.
2: Do you think that's why Nick, like, what really is driving Nick Saban? Do you think part of him's like, I gotta, oh! No, this is the, like, Xbox achievement, I have to get done! Win a national championship on a field goal! God, <laughs> god damn it!
3: He's got, a, he's got 124 out of the 125. And god damn it, he's going to coach 10 more years. if Ugh, right. I, will fi- I will find all these trophies!
1: I've written before about how he's going to continue trying to make, to up the degree of difficulty for himself because he's going to get bored and that's why he'll eventually end up with the Longhorns or the Cowboys or whatever used to be the joke. But is it wrong – is it completely off base to think that maybe it's not that he can't recruit or retain or develop the most replicable position on the team year after year, but rather that he's trying to see if he can do it. Like, you're going back to the beginning of Mario Kart, and and now you're playing on 150cc – he's got to find a way to keep the magic alive for himself right
3: (laughs) to keep the spice in his marriage this is
2: his speed run hey look at me no kickers 98 seconds here we go
0: no i think he's the dad who wants to keep the thermostat on 78 for the entire summer when it comes to kickers right like somebody's like nick you gotta spend more than the 38 allotted minutes you have on your budget every year for that and he's like it's not coming out of anything else damn it i have
3: Meanwhile, Georgia's going for an entirely different achievement, GoldenEye style, kickers only.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They'd be fine with that, damn it. They'd be absolutely fine. I like this thing where Georgia just rides a new freshman who takes the job every single year, right? Like, that's it. Like, Eason's going to transfer to Washington or wherever he's going to go. Fromm will get the job, and then next year it'll be like, man, you know what? Jake Fromm, you you, you did a great job last year, but um, I think this new kid's got it coming in. I think that's, that's how we're going to work. That's how they continue to keep the quarterback humble, right? Like, somebody's dad is out there, and they're like, you know – Humility is important, and Coach Smart he knows that, and that's why that's why he gets a different guy in there every single year. Because you don't want somebody thinking they're bigger than the team. You know, a junior quarterback that's dangerous to team continuity, right there. Freshman, <laughs> <he's> <laughs> you might team. have a you might have a coup. Yeah, you might have a coup. You might you have something. A, let
3: a David Green stick around too long. You got a coup.
0: Yeah, I mean that's actually what happened. You know what, Coach Rick never saw that. He he thought experience mattered, whereas I don't know. Maybe people get worse when they play quarterback for longer. Maybe they try too hard.
2: I do like that the new uh, the new dome does kind of look like a Golden Eye level too. Just sort of like weird, stupid angles and <laughs> polygony. You're just sort of like, what is this? Was this supposed to be a thing? Nah, just run around it and shoot each other. It's fine. Wait.
1: We discovered last night uh, that you can see into the dome. For, like, of course you can. There's glass. But when you're above it at, like, the CNN Marta station, you can see, you know, see the crowd, see the screens on the inside. But the the combination of the black and gold uh, graphics and decorations that were happening gave it this kind of hideous ochre cast that does look very GoldenEye-ish or maybe just, like, a really filthy terrarium.
0: Ugh. Yeah, that's why the GoldenEye level that you play with— uh... You basically play with, like, half-eaten wing bones. That's it. If you've never seen it, there's a Wings of Atlanta Instagram account that photographs nothing but chicken wings that have been left on the ground, which you would think, oh, how many pictures of that can you take? Quite a few, listener. Quite a few. They're all all over the place. It'd be the custom weapon in that dome. because They're they're
3: like like cigarettes here. Like, you you go out to stand on the steps and, hey, you got a wing?
2: (laughs) Now, Now, let's review. Nick Saban, short. Fucking impossible to beat just incredibly uh, incredibly dour and kills you not necessarily in some explosive way by but just sneaking up on you and like punching you right in the small of the back. He's odd job he's a hundred percent odd job
0: <laughs> do do your job.
1: Wait, Kirby's Kirby's got the, the odd job silhouette though and constant and inexplicable indoor hat wearer.
0: Mm-hmm. Throwing the visor. And he's he's
3: sneaky short. He ain't much taller than Nick.
1: I don't think do you think Nick has a height ceiling for people? Like he won't tilt his chin all the way up to any man. I wonder if there's like a secret threshold for his coaches. That's uh, this uh, new OC's problem. He's a big fella. <laughs>
3: And they like, just can't, can't quite connect
1: like <laughs> Nexus
3: Haven. They, they can't connect Because the new guy has to stoop down
2: I bet yeah. I bet Lane Kiffin stood on a ladder A bunch around the Alabama offices <laughs> For no reason Hey yeah just check it out this, uh, Check it out the fire alarm Looks pretty cool how's it going
0: He w- he wore boots Like he'd just wear boots with lifts in them around Nick Like whoo man You seen these Nick than Lane
3: Sit on the big chair like Doctor Phil.
0: <laughs> you know, there used to be a thing where um, I, I can't remember who did this. I think it was Andy Kaufman. He would do the the like mock skit where <laughs> where the talk show host would have like a really huge chair, right? Yeah. And the host and the guest would have like something that was two inches off the ground. Right. That's got to be what Saban's office is, is yeah. like, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Welcome. It
3: elevates depending on need. Holding down the button. Almost there. Perfect. Hey, did
1: you guys notice? I had not seen before last night because I guess it never occurred to me that he needed one. That Sabin has a get back man?
2: No, I. What? He's
1: like this I, I have I have never seen him before last night, but he was some kind of like he I just noticed him because he was very tall and he was next to Saban, so he looked like his job was to be carrying Saban around Yoda style on his back, but kind of an American History X looking dude. Maybe he just had
2: turkey slices to hand him. Oh I'm feeling parched. Hand me another turkey <laughs> slice, please.
1: Like he sucks the weight so he sucks the juice out of milk. Oh my god, you're right. That's this is so this funny. is my
2: lunch this is my lunchable assistant. He uh, liquefies Lunchables inside himself and baby birds them to me. Give me the goddamn turkey smoothie. It's more efficient.
0: <laughs> I mean, really, like if any if anyone was gonna drink the turkey smoothie, it'd be it'd be it'd be Nick, right? Like it's faster. I think
3: I think Coach Gary here is like he's got the IV stand with the wheels on it, and it's got the the turkey going straight into the vein.
2: Our off season goal is to learn how to photosynthesize. Food is for assholes.
3: Photosynthesize turkey. We're going to build a turkey sun here yes, in Tuscaloosa. Just
1: out here, like imbibing the essence of the sun and moon. And turkey juice for electrolytes.
3: Just a big ass turkey in the sky.
2: Virginia Tech's like, woo! All right! <laughs> Now's our chance.
0: <laughs> um. Did you uh, – I did not see it on TV because I saw it live, Kendrick Lamar at halftime.
2: It was very um, good. It was extremely good.
0: It was extremely good. I was told his lip syncing was off. It was a little far away for us to see whether that was true. I will tell you everyone sounds bad in that park playing live, right? Like even Outkast. You're like, man, Outcast is awesome. This, this, this place sucks. Yeah, you're like just literally totally outside with far off echoes
3: all, you know, like – Across the street echoes, you know, like not enough to where it's like internal acoustics, but far enough away. Like, yeah, it, it seemed like it was kind of that thing where it was like the the like synced lip sync, you know, where you're you're actually performing and they're sort of tying trying it to time to it, the yeah. vocal track. Yeah, it it was a little off, and yeah, it was it was cold. clear everyone was very cold.
1: The screens in the park where we were were synced up were synced up well. I thought like nothing was visibly awry. What was going on in
2: the stadium while they were doing a <laughs> halftime show outside?
3: There were people saying that they saw about five minutes of it.
2: That's fucking. That's yeah, weird, right?
3: Y- yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah. think if you're in the stadium, you probably prefer the marching bands to Kendrick just based on the fan bases.
2: Well, and and also the stadium can plausibly say like, yeah, he just he couldn't get through security in time. Sorry. It was supposed to be in here. Just couldn't make it work.
3: That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar stuck outside.
2: <laughs> um, but I assume Holly and Spencer are not here to talk about Kendrick Lamar. They're here to talk about their new best friend that they met. Or I, I should say observed.
1: I'm sorry, I, I didn't feel – we're not worthy to befriend this man.
0: And now I did say – I will say before we talk about Eric, the vape king of Centennial Park.
1: The vape king of Conyers. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Vape King of Conyers, Georgia. Before we talk about Eric, we did have two guys behind us who uh, were wearing real tree, like full real tree rain gear, like hunting gear at the Kendrick Lamar show. Sure. Which this was, was
1: such a pure Atlanta moment.
0: Yeah. It was it was real good. Do you uh, think
2: that's because that's the only like warm clothing they had?
1: I I think No, so. I think they knew it was going to be cold and rainy outside and they came prepared appropriately regardless of like cultural contextual situations. Sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean I mean like is pretty normal around here.
0: And they were I went back and I was like, hey man, y'all, you know, like that that's like extremely real that you guys are wearing real tree to this show. And they were like, What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Spencer went up and talking about it and they're like, it, it's cold.
0: Yeah, I don't think they were guys who understand when other guys talk to them, right? Like, when you're like, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. They'd be like, uh-huh. Oh. Especially
2: about clothes. Yeah, what, yeah what hey you, man, oh, I
0: like your clothes.
2: What, I but, took what, like, but what? Oh, you mean my second skin. Yeah, there, I there have were, to have it.
0: You can, you can see me? <laughs> there were at least five incomprehensible wrong steps that I made in the short span of about nine words with those guys, so... Uh, it was it was a successful social interaction, is what I was saying. Another success successful social interaction with another human. The guy who was the real hero, though, was Eric, the king of Conyers. Standing in front of us, he was a UGA fan. And what, I, you know, it looked like an old Century 21 jacket. It did. A reference which dates me. It kind of also looked like a master's jacket.
1: It was a, like a too large kind of a camel coat blazer situation, which... It was a, it, it contrasted with the real tree guys for one thing, but for another thing, he was wearing backwards ball cap. What looked just like I don't know New Balances or something. He's got what is at best a blazer, so he's not prepared for this kind of meteorological situation. But he's in full compliance with the clear bag policy. <laughs> He's got one of those branded clear bags in his left hand. And I only noticed this because he went while windmilling wildly uh, for the entirety of Kendrick's set, he switched back and forth seamlessly between an extremely full uh, stadium cup of beer, his clear bag and his vape pen without that. I could see ever setting one down. And I, he was right in front of us, and so I kind of started to watch him like a little sideshow attraction while they were setting up. And that's when he turned and unleashed, honest to God, a vape cloud the size of, like, a Dodge Caravan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, I mean, the,
1: it was, and the shape, and it had a sliding door. Well, and you gotta understand that he was between us and the stage, and there were there were fog effects coming out of the stage, and then all of a sudden, an additional fog effect bloomed up right in front of us, in front of this backlit man, and all we could see was him, the silhouette of his vaping hand, and the clear back. It was uh,
0: it, it was pretty much like I know Georgia, like Georgia lost last night a football game. But they won so much more uh, as Eric danced so hard to Kendrick Lamar that the dudes next to us said, Hey, shit, he getting it, bro. Look at that.
1: Yeah, people around us were, like, stopping to watch to marvel at, at just his love for life, man.
0: Yeah, it was a genuine respect by the people who beheld him. So, again, Georgia, there's a lot of ways to win at life. Football's just one of them. You could... You can also be the vape king of Conyers, Georgia.
1: You can be Rodrigo. You can be Eric. uh, Or you can be a sad loser. But the paths are available to you.